Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? The great people of Cincinnati, this is a great weekend to be a Cincinnati sports fan. The Reds are in the playoffs. The Bearcats won their game against Army, and the Bengals did not lose. (laughs) (laughs) What a low bar. What a low bar for the Cincinnati Bengals franchise. But you know what? They've earned it. They've earned it. As always, Hummer, as will always be the case, hopefully this football season, we are joined by the esteemed from from the front office, frontofficenews.com. JT Smith is with us again. JT, welcome to Cincy Slangin' this week. Thank you. Thank you for having me again, guys. And I don't plan on spurning you guys. You know what I'm saying? If you don't send me the link, then maybe I'm not on here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We are we are we are historically procrastinators in terms of getting out our invites, uh, but just build that into your planning. Know that on Sunday nights, these guys are going to send me a Zoom invite, and I have to be ready to jump on to bring the spice about Bearcats football. <laughs> if I don't get the email, man, I'm gonna feel like super sad. You know that, now, right? I know. You, you, I know. Like now, I feel a part of you guys, not, not in a weird way. You <laughs> know what I mean? What does that have to sound like? Repeat calendar invite. I know, right? Just send, send it to me, man. Just the idea of you sipping on a whiskey in your room by yourself. Where's the Zoom link? Yep. Exactly. Where's I, the Zoom look, link? Look, I actually, actually, I'm ready. Damn you, Cincy <laughs> Slayer! Ah, I thought that was going to happen. I'm like, this is BS. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> well, it was. it is a good week to be a Cincinnati Bearcat football fan. They pulled off the victory against Army, an emphatic... 24 to 10 victory over is it the black knights or just the knights black knights black knights that's right is black it, isn't it a movie called black knight with martin uh, lawrence i don't know about the, <laughs> I, 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 I know the dark knight martin lawrence the black knight uh, the black knight i'm telling you man, i'm gonna search i swear it is uh like, so, back in time <laughs> oh so that's the origin story of the army black knights is that they yeah. named their team after the movie starring Martin Lawrence. That makes Maybe. sense. I Maybe. think that makes sense. Oh, no. Yeah. We'll that that. One American fantasy adventure comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on yeah, the list in terms it of... Is uh, called, yeah. It is called Black Knight. Make sure we tag that in the, in the post. Yeah. That'll be the first movie for a spinoff podcast about feature films. Nice. Uh, so, so jot that one down. So Whoa. before... There's a lot to talk about in terms of what happened on the field. Uh, Lord knows that. But before we get into it, Hummer, you mentioned something to me over text that I apparently missed on the audio of of coverage of the game, which was the fact that Marcus Freeman and his entire family have moved in with Luke Fickle. And I think we have to dive into this because it blows my mind. Those are huge families. Yeah. (laughs) It is, man. I think he has, like, they both have six children? They both have six. That's, that's like, legit. No BS. So we have 12 kids. And we have two couples. So we are at 16 people in that house, which is most certainly violating some sort of ordinance laid out by Mike DeWine. First and foremost. But honestly, depending on where they live, man, it might might be a real, real, real big house. True. True. There's probably plenty of room for social distancing after the new contract. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still trying to think like, all right, 16 people. What, how big of a house would I need to be in in order to be comfortable with 16 other people living with me? <laughs> That's a lot Man. of personalities. That's a lot of personalities, a lot of children. Do you have, did, um, they, did they give them a whole dorm? <laughs> we have to have a dorm. 
so it's definitely a dorm. Let me ask you to this. I just want to know, is there, was there an explanation as to why they moved in with each other? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know the detail. Like this is all shocking to me. It's I, shocking to me too. And here, and here's, look, I'm going to, I'm throwing it out there. If in, in today's day and age, you have to plan on contingency plans in the event that COVID hits your team, right? Yeah. We just, we just saw it with Florida state. They got trounced by Miami this week and their head coach, uh, Mike Norville, I hope yeah. I'm getting that name right, yeah, was yeah. Uh, Norville, M.I. Norville, however you say uh, it, uh, Mr. Soon-to-be-fired from Florida State in the next three years. He <laughs> missed the game because he tested positive for COVID. Here's yeah. my concern. If Luke Fickle ever tested positive for COVID, he would have to quarantine. He might miss a game. Who would we want to be our head coach for that game? You'd want it to be Freeman. You'd want it to be but. Freeman. But, but they live not. together. So it's Fickle's out. <laughs> Freeman's out. It's a it's a package deal, man. Everything this is, is a package deal. <laughs> well, and and Fickle has has said, you know, if if he can't do it, that he was going to bring his wife in. But they also live together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. There's <laughs> three people. You can't can't do anything. Extremely flawed logic from Fickle and Freeman. And honestly, it's probably the, the some of the worst decision making we've we've seen since since Fickle came to Cincinnati. So yeah, uh, Eric, we got it. Else is great. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the coaching, the recruiting, <laughs> most of the yep. play calling. We're happy with it all, but man, yeah. guys, you can't you can't be living together during COVID. Come on, man. I don't want to. I don't want to go out and, and and criticize them too much because I don't I don't know what they've. I'm jo- I am joking. Had. I am joking. Yeah. I mean, like, I thinking joking. about it, like I know because I I think a lot of people were taken aback by that comment because it was the first thing we talked about. Like not only that, the announcer pointed out more than once. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a reoccurring theme to them like oh and these two live together look how big their families are yeah um but you know i don't know what they have set up in the house in terms of how you know maybe like you said it's a big enough house that they don't really see each other or they have specific times that they're doing this because you know they, they're pretty regimented people in their own right so i'm sure yeah. they have a system worked out because they i think they're both fully aware that if both of them go down you know that's, that's not, not going to be good in terms of of yeah. getting to the national championship this year for sure and i think honestly maybe like because they didn't dig into it too much they just pointed it out so i'm thinking honestly maybe like freeman's there because they're like building their own house like around right. the corner or something you know what i mean and because you know like um shoot i feel like freeman like when he was coaching for other teams like when he would come back ohio like he would come back and live with Fickle, like, you know what I mean? So I know they, they're really close, like they're super close knit. So that part doesn't shock me, but just with all the family. But I think maybe he's building a house, you know what I mean? Cause you know, he loves, it's uh, not too expensive in Ohio, you know? I hope that's the case. Cause that means I'm rolling you know, with that, we're, man. Getting, we're getting more roots planted here. More roots. He had, a com- he had a conversation with Fickle about, all right, I know you had that interview at Michigan State. Yeah. Oh, this is what, great. What's, we, what's your what's your plan? Yeah, we, we took a yeah. throw in line about Freeman and Fickle living together, which is definitely going to be a sitcom <laughs> at some point. And now we've turned it into Freeman is committed to Cincinnati for the next five years, which is awesome. Yep. I am. I'm excited about it, too. Yeah, yep. that's what we're turning to. That's what it is. Well, let's Not get verified. into it. <laughs> yeah, that's the scoop you need. You need to get that scoop. So I'm going to start diving into the game here very, a little very bit. Very questions. Mr. Coach Fickle, uh, can we address your living situation with Mike Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's going to come up like this week for sure. <laughs> so if we jump into the game here, we've got Cincinnati beating Army 24 to 10. 
covering the spread. I think when we talked on the podcast, the spread was 11 and a half. Yes. I saw it get up to 12 and a half, maybe settled at 12. I'm not sure where that ended up. Bearcats covered 24, 10 solid victory over what was at the time, a top 25 team in the country. Yes. Um, watching it though, there was a lot of points, yards, plays. It seemed like, especially on offense, the Bearcats left quite a bit on the table. And that starts with the player we absolutely 100% have to talk about, Desmond Ritter. What, do you, what did you two see in that performance that you think we should talk about? Okay. I will start it with this. I'm not a ba- I don't bash college players, like, no matter what. But I will say this. We laugh a lot of points on the board. Um, I mean, Michael Young, because the first game, everybody was playing so much. Everything was working. It wasn't any hard. The game wasn't hard. They scored 55 points, you know, back sleepwalking. They had the first test at home. And the first thing I noticed is like, man, Michael Young is really, really good. Really good. Really good. And he, the first one he missed, the the cornerback was 10 yards away. 10 yards away, throws it and behind him. Then I think yep. Young beats the guy. On his interception, Young beats the guy. He throws it behind him. That's why he tips it and he gets high, the Yeah, he throws it high and behind him, tips um, it up, picked off. Yep. Even the uh, Arkansas recruit, Arkansas recruit uh, transfer, Jones, he beats the guy on a go route and Ritter doesn't lead him. He puts it to the middle of the field when he has the guy beat by five yards and it's a touchdown. So it was like, I mean, Ritter had 258 yards, I want to say, passing, and he should have had 420. Right. That, there was opportunity to just light up the scoreboard on this team with how open our receivers were. And I think, yeah. JT, you're right to point out that Michael Young Jr. was probably the star of the show offensively, even mm-hmm. if the stats don't necessarily reflect it in terms of other guys maybe outperforming him. You know, he finished yeah. with five catches, 60 yards, and a touch. Doesn't, but he was beating it. guys off the line, Man. the speed, the athleticism, yeah. big target. He is one of the more impressive physical receivers I've seen come through UC in years. Yeah. And unfortunately, Desmond just was not able to get him the ball consistently or accurately. And that's that's going to be a problem for the Bearcats going forward, right? Or yeah. it could be. It could um, be. We, we asked the question last week, if and what did we project for Desmond? Was his play going to elevate enough this season to help take the offense, help it take another step, match what the defense can put out and, and see if this team can take a leap. Well, folks are clearly very disappointed with how Desmond played week one. I would say that what the offensive coordinator, Denbrock, clearly identified is that Army couldn't guard us on no. deep passes. Nope. If you threw it down the field, they could not stay with Bearcat receivers. Guys were open all, open all over the field. Yep. And it came down to hitting them in stride. If you hit the receivers in these huge windows, we're gaining yep. yards, we're scoring points, and honestly, people are, are jumping up and down saying we are definitely going to the playoff this year. Yeah. But instead, quarterback can execute, doesn't ex- execute those throws in this game, and we're talking about the offensive coordinator being a play calling being a problem. Should we be replacing the quarterback? I mean, I think some of this stuff is just incredibly hyperbolic. It's not yeah. helpful to the program. But clearly, given what we saw in this one-game sample, but also what we saw last season with Ritter, the Bearcats do need to tweak the game plan and build it around what Ritter can do, which is obviously be a mobile quarterback and he can complete short and maybe intermediate passes as well. Timing rounds. Yeah. That's what his strengths are. And in my opinion would be 
Bearcats have to build out around that going forward, mm-hmm. not being able to bank on him re- reliably completing downfield passes. Can't argue that right now. Like until he proves proves that he can consistently hit the off the deep ball, that's not a bad you can't you can't knock that. You know, it's kind of like when you're a person that's a like Giannis in basketball. Until he can make a mid-range or three-point shot, then you say, hey, let him take the shots if I'm the defender, and then don't let him get to the lane, which is for Ritter, I don't know if this analogy makes sense. Ritter is a short intermediate is his lane right now. You know he can hit those timing routes. He he looks very good doing it. You know his legs are great. And then he just has to be more consistent on a deep ball. And then, but I will say this, um, you we are you're totally correct on how you're grading it. But I will say, I don't think the Bearcats would have been able to win a game like they won a game yesterday, last year, throwing a ball, per se, even with the misses. Like, given that the running game was largely stopped, it wasn't yes. explosive, there were a lot of short yes. carries, a lot of being yep. stopped at the line. They still did throw the ball a lot. They still did run the offense through Ritter. Yeah. They didn't necessarily succeed at an incredibly high level. I'd yeah. say the game was still built around the defense, mm-hmm. putting Army in, at disadvantage or at, at in poor positions based on how yeah. well the defense was playing. But you're right. I mean, there was production. There were still some good plays in yeah. there. But I think there was a lot left on the table oh, from yeah, Ritter. Yeah. And there definitely is reason to be concerned. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because you can look at it. It's like glass half full, glass half empty. You can look at it because you saw he did make a couple big plays in the, in the second half. When he got his rhythm on the short throws, it was smooth. But he just saw, like, the first play on the option. Like, he, he has to keep that. But everybody was hedging toward, towards McClellan. It was no reason to pitch that. Like, as a redshirt junior, I don't need you to make that mistake. And then, that was no, maybe, yeah, real bad. So you, you give them seven points, come down, we can't score, so we get a field goal. And then they stop you. I think the interception next drive after that, we stop them, interception, on a bad throw where it should have been a completion for sure for about 15 yards. And it just looked out of sync. Everything was a little bit behind. The deep balls weren't where they should have been. And the pocket was clean. So it was like, you can't say it was the rush. You know, if, if, you know, if the defender's in your face and you can't get your full throw, um, all right, you got an excuse and that's legit because if you can't step into it unless you're Patrick Mahomes, you're probably not gonna make that throw or Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, he had super clean pocket. I mean, you show a replay, Nobody's within five feet of them. I mean, they had social distancing on the field. That's how good the <laughs> offensive line did to me, you know? So it was like, nah, you can't touch me. I want you to call for my quarterback. But you still have to make the throw, man. Um, Jay Sean Jackson had a heck of a game, too. I mean, I'm impressed with the receivers. We just need Dez to hit those big plays because you, like right now, I think they'll be fine. I just hope he gets his rhythm before UCF. Yeah, yeah, you're. I think you're 100 right because when you get those opportunities, you know, when we're getting up against not that Army's Army was a good team. Let's mm-hmm. face it, they're they're not a bad team. So I think we should keep that frame of reference there. Yep. But we're hoping to play better competition coming up here soon, and and we need when we're getting these opportunities when our receivers are this quick. If they're beating guys like that, you've got to take those opportunities. And it's okay if you miss one. Understand that. Yep. But when you miss four, five, six, seven of these opportunities, where it almost looked like. Army was giving us those opportunities. It was our game plan was to stop the run and, ho- and hopefully stop the intermediate passing, mm-hmm. force them to throw the ball downfield, make them make a play. Where, And we just didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, but you just, you're not going to you, – if we're going to want to take this to the next level, you know, you said last year this is a game we wouldn't have won. 
if we had to do it this way. We're hopefully to win, trying to win more games against tougher competition, and we're going to have to be able to capitalize on that. Hopefully, this honestly is just a bad game from Ritter. Maybe yeah. it's the first time we are playing against a good team. You know, he wasn't rushed at all. You made a very good point about that. I think he got sacked once. I don't think he was even hurried after that, but he had the ball constantly tipped at the line. Yeah. Like a lot of his passes were getting batted down at the line. Um, so, you know, so. But you know what that goes back to, right? To work at. That goes back to telegraphing passes. That goes back to locking in on a receiver, telegraphing exactly where you're going with the ball. And it makes it a little easier for defenders to jump up, knock down passes. I yep. did just, I had it. I got the sense from Ritter that he just generally wasn't very comfortable going downfield. A couple times there was kind of a double clutch in there when mm-hmm. before releasing the ball, there was a hesitation. Like you can almost see him physically see the receiver open up that I'm supposed to let the ball rip yeah. right now. Yeah. And he just, and he held it another split second, which is either going to make the receiver less open or he's just further yeah. downfield. And he doesn't have, he doesn't have the strongest arm. So he needs yeah. to be hitting guys on time, yeah. let it fly. And it just seemed like he wasn't necessarily confident doing that against army. Yeah. Right. So I think we should incorporate what I, something new I want to try on these podcasts, which is what we're just going to call it this week on Bearcat Twitter. And <laughs> generally speaking, what we're just going to try and do is capture the sentiment of, of how the fan base is feeling, at least the Twitter community, right? Cause the, okay. the Twitter right. community doesn't really capture maybe how the fan base as a whole is feeling. Yeah, yeah but, definitely. But this week on Twitter, the thing I think we need to talk about is benching Desmond Ritter in the middle of the game. And let's say after three Not even in the middle of the game. It wasn't even in the middle of the game. It was the middle of the first quarter. Middle oh, of the sure. first quarter. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> Everybody, take a deep breath. That is not how a big-time uh, Division One college football program conducts itself. I promise you. I promise you. A coaching yeah. staff does not spend its time in training camp evaluating every quarterback on their roster, having a legitimate QB competition, yeah. looking at both the, the – the incumbent starter, Desmond Ritter, looking at the wily upstart, Ben Bryant, and then even, you know, the the youthful, well-hyped freshman, Evan Prater. They look at these options in camp. They see these guys execute. They see what they're good at, what they're not good at. And our coaching staff, after all that time with these players and these years with these players, decided to go with Desmond Ritter. You know what that tells me as a fan? That tells me that Desmond Ritter is probably the best option at quarterback for this team. Now, we may not like it. It may not be great news for our program. It may mean we have a weakness at quarterback. But I'm going to give our coaching staff, the coaching staff we love with Luke Fickle, Marcus Freeman, guys we trust, a coaching staff we generally love. We gave them a huge extension and everybody celebrated. Aren't we supposed to give them the benefit of the doubt of picking the right quarterback to run the team? Should this be Bearcats on Twitter or a Coomer Soapbox? Sorry. <laughs> nah, you, got, you got to let him ride it out, man. I mean, until until he loses a game, even if, if you feel that way. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, it's a lot of stuff to like about Ben Bryant. It's, you know, just like it's a lot of stuff to like about, you know, Dez. But, you know, the good thing about it is if something were to happen to Dez, I feel like the season isn't over, you know. True. So, so that's that's the one good thing I think against Memphis he showed he can make enough plays with his arm, you know, and he's gotten a year more, you know, year more in the system, got his feet wet. He's a guy that you know if you go in there, you got a chance to win the game. Um, but 
yeah, you can't cancel. You can't cancel Dez, man, after missing a few plays. Because um, he's still we still won the game. We still won the game. If we lost the game, then you know, you know, everybody could, you know, get a position change. Possibly, you might put him at receiver. Who knows? But um, <laughs> he's winning, man. He's won us what 20, 21 games, twenty two games since he's been here. Well, now <laughs> what twenty four? So you got to give him the benefit of the doubt, man. We, we want, do we want him to hit those deep balls? Yes, yes we do. We want him to throw for four hundred yards. Yes we do, especially when it's there. But um, he's not. He's not giving anything to us to make us want to make us bench, and, be perfect. And my thing you know? is, I'm not saying that you can't evaluate the situation. Honestly, oh, yeah, they might look at it this week and determine that we need to go in a different direction. I mean, that's that's a decision they could make, and I would actually – I'm, I'm behind them if they make it. I'm just saying we're in the first quarter, guys. We're in the first half of, of the first game against yeah. real competition. Yeah. It's not a good look if a coaching staff is pulling a quarterback that early in the game – for one thing, you're losing Ritter at that point. You're losing oh, Ritter yeah, for the over. rest of the season, right? Oh, it's over. So you want to keep him bought in. Let him ride it out. Let him go through some difficulties. We have to oh, bear with over. him. But it is on our coaching staff to make sure they're setting him up for success, the best of their ability, focus on his strengths. It does. It probably means we have a lower ceiling than maybe we hoped if he did come in here slinging it all over the place. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say this. and for I'll, just, I'll let, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. I think our ceiling's higher. Than, than anything because he did play so so low because I, I think there's probably there you know you mentioned this earlier coach this is this year in particular we have seen less of the Bearcats practice and play than ever before you know fans media we didn't get to see a lot coming coming out of camps we were it's yep. all behind closed doors we don't know what the coaches are seeing and if they're going to go back they're obviously going to go back and they're going to watch this game film are they going to see some stuff and says hey Ritter what are you doing you've been making these plays all, all, all practice, all camp. You've been making these plays. Here's what you need to get back to doing. You know, maybe there's just, just some things we're missing, and it's not, it's not that the ceiling is is low now. It's that it's it's higher. We have a higher upside because he's playing so poor. He plays so poorly in the long long balls right now. I mean, you're just, I guess you're looking at it from a glass hole, half full perspective that he's going to be better. That he's going that to there's, be there's more room consistent for improvement. There is room for improvement here. Right. And but we know that he's he could be a good quarterback. We know that he he's talented. We, we know that we have a, a coaching staff that is able to identify, you know, these talented players. So I'm, I'm trusting them that they're going to see what he needs to do to improve. And they're going to, they're going to build upon that as the season continues to go forward. And we're going to see better play. This is only the second game of the year. And we went from playing Austin P junior high <laughs> to, you know, playing army, a top 25 ranked team. True. Let me play devil's advocate for the people who may want to see Des benched. And that would be, one of the biggest selling points for Dez over Brian. Oh, I thought is, you were about to call some people out on Twitter by name. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, no, I want to play devil's advocate for saying like, all right, if, if you're in the camp of bench Dez, put in Bryant. Here, here's the here's the case. The fact that we have heard Dez is more reliable in terms of taking care of the football, in terms of making the safe play, being consistent. Maybe he's not as explosive. Maybe he's not hitting downfield throws but he's a good leader, great leader by all accounts, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Well, in this game, what did we see? Two really bad turnovers. So if turnovers become a consistent part of this equation because they are asking him to stretch his skill set this year, that is a situation where then maybe the coaching staff has to say, hey, if we are going to try and feature these wide receivers like Jones, uh, like Jackson, like Michael Young Jr., uh, in that situation – we might need, we might be better served playing Bryant, but 
again, that's not something you do quickly early in the game. You, you would take the week to evaluate it, build out a game plan for the quarterback that you're starting and go from there. Any, anything else on the quarterback situation, fellas? Yeah, I think, I think just like you said, I think, um, like you said, I, I'm going glass half full too on this one. Because, uh, I mean, with the preseason, not preseason, but, you know, when everything was going with COVID and everything, I mean, they, this is a little bit different, man. You go from playing Austin P to Army, who Army had a real good defense, real opportunistic defense. Took Bearcats are a run first team. Everybody knows that. And so they came out passing because Army took away the run first half pretty much until about the middle of third quarter. So he still made the plays he needed to make. He could have went to a shell even after the two turnovers. He had two turnovers early, like within the first six, seven minutes of the game. He could have just bombed out, and he still came and made enough plays for the Bearcats to win. But if he makes – he missed, like, what, four or five easy ones, right? Mm -hmm. So if he makes three of those plays, he has 400 yards easy. Right. Easy. And a couple of touchdowns. And I like well, it. Yeah, a couple of touchdowns anyways, but four touchdowns. So I'm going to say you take away that. So I'm going glass half full like my man, my man Hummer. Two to one. Hummer, Hummer and JT. <laughs> Hummer and JT are telling you to keep the faith. Dez is going to get better. He's going to hit passes. The coaching staff is probably going to learn from this. Oh, they, they, yeah. Here's the key. They kept going at it, too. The coaching staff still was confident, even mm -hmm. though he wasn't making the plays, mm -hmm. to keep going at it. They weren't afraid to attack that deep ball, even though yep. we weren't making the plays. They kept yeah. going back. I he did think, make a couple of them. He did connect on a couple long passes. Yep. They, they did. You they know? got a little bit conservative in the second half, I thought. But, but generally speaking, I kind of liked it. I, I did like seeing them try those passes. You just want way better execution. So if the execution yeah, yeah, sure. gets better, we're, we're really happy, happy as a fan base. Yep. Um, look, what wasn't lacking in this game, the Bearcats defense came to play. We mentioned Man. before, they did not give up a touchdown in this game. Uh, so they, they held Army, Army's offense to three points and just generally dominated them. They couldn't get the triple yes. option going consistently. Uh, they, did, they actually threw the ball 21 times. That's way more than I'm used to an Army team throwing it, but but I think that speaks to the overall effectiveness of what our defensive front was doing. Dang, 21 times? I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. 21 times. Yeah. Hummer, are you game? Are you Hummer? Are you gaming? No, I'm trying to figure out that stat because I I don't know. They they mentioned on TV, but I can't remember. So no one quote me on what the exact number here. It was either something ridiculous like 52 games or 52 consecutive quarters that Army had scored a touchdown and we ended that streak. Like That's how good that, that defense was. And that's, you know, they were running a, the triple option all game. We shut it down. We made them completely and utterly useless on, off, on offense. They could not do anything. We had – we imposed our will – on their front line or their O-line. It's, it was incredible. It was a, a masterful performance from the defensive side of the ball. Real yeah. quick, it was a 57-game streak of scoring a touchdown, an offensive touchdown for okay. Army. And that, that came from BearcatJournal.com on Twitter. So they, they gave that stat, awesome stat, and that does speak to how, how absolutely dominant we were. Yeah. Shout out to the 5-3, man. Yeah. 5-3 defense. Yep. Like, nobody thought that was going to come, we were gonna come out with a 5-3. Marcus Freeman is like defensive genius. He really is. He's <laughs> something else. Uh, he, he's planned. He's got a plan for every game. 
I, I was actually a little bit nervous for this game because you hear so much about how good and talented our secondary is. And against mm-hmm. Army, it's not so much about your secondary. It's can your defensive front hold up? Yeah. And I thought our, our secondary obviously did a good, good job supplementing and, and kind of coming in on the line and breaking up the triple option when they could. But I, you know, our defensive front is really, really strong this year. Inside, oh, yeah, especially. I mean, those tackles are stepping up big time. Yeah, we're deep, man. I think, I mean, honestly, Bearcats defensive line is eight deep. The first game they were in a three-three-five, so that was different. You know, you know, they showed their skills there, but you know, Austin P was just a different animal, and you know what Army can bring, especially with that up-tempo, uh, triple option. They have a lot of athletes, and those dudes came to play, man. All of them. All of them. Yeah, really, really impressive performance for the defense. So that's clearly something we're going to be able to rely on game in, game out. Um, you know, I was, overall... I was, more, I was more worried for a different reason, though. You know, the, the Reds clinched the playoff, you know, the playoffs on Friday night, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, Lord, since I can't have two good things happen in a weekend. <laughs> I didn't even think, I thought about that too, but I was like, man, they'll be fine. I thought it would be closer because the Reds clinched on Friday. But like, we didn't even start off, they actually covered. That's crazy. I just knew yeah. like 11 and a half, okay, they'll win by nine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it didn't feel like a cover. I just, I, it, we didn't impose our will overall the way that you would expect to actually cover that kind of, did, you know, yeah. double. Di- but it really, it does go to show you that the defense absolutely dominated the game. They scored three points. That's it. That's and they scored that. They, they, their defense scored that touchdown within what, the first 30, 50 seconds of the game? Might have been like the second play of the game. It, might have, yeah, it was it, early. You know, we so. got we ran a ball, right? And then the next play was the option. And he went they went to the house like immediately. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, <laughs> real interesting. It was kind of scary at first. And then because then that very next uh, that very next series, they make the interception. Yeah. You know, they actually Army was moving the ball pretty well at first. Yeah. Until I think we we you know, Marcus Freeman got them together and said, guys, we've been practicing this. We know what to do here. It's just yeah. an option. Stay home. Don't don't let it you know contain. Uh, yeah. And they they got the job done. I think what it was is the game moved kind of slow in a sense because we would go three and out, make a nice long drive, score a touchdown. Go three and out, make a nice long drive, score a touchdown. It feel like we kept going three and outs, punt the ball, score, and it just kept going that way. You know we were we weren't we were missing a lot of those open plays. Yeah, forcing us to punt, and so the game just started to move a little slower. Yeah, it wasn't as fast paced as we were we were hoping it would be because as watching it watching it in real time you're sitting there thinking man this game should not be twenty four ten no no this this game should nope. be yeah you're thinking this game should be we, we should have thirty four forty points on the board right now yeah definitely definitely they definitely should have scored solid high thirties low forties against Army you take away those plays I mean Michael Michael Young beats the guy on a down and out even if he throws it low, I think Michael will probably score still, you know, because I mean, the right. guy was so far away. Um, the Jones play, he was, I mean, wide, wide open. I mean, unless he just pulls a hamstring or something like mid stride, that's a touchdown, you know, so that's 14 points that we didn't score and we still scored 24. And I mean, it's other plays too that, you, you know, we can go back to and talk about, but those are the two big ones that you're just like, that's six, that's six. And, you know, and we miss it. And we still score 24 points, which isn't like a crazy amount. But, I mean, we definitely could have hung a 40-piece on on Army for sure. Well, it's, okay. start- it's still early in the season. So, you know, you're going to miss the opportunities. Some some bright yeah. spots, though. 
you know, Jared, I think Jared Dokes, you know, he had a. Uh, sir, that's, that's Sergeant Dokes to you, please. <laughs> Sergeant, Sergeant Dokes. Dokes. Granted, the stats, I don't think the stats reflect on, on the rushing side of the ball because Army just stuffed us the first half. Yeah. Second well, I think half, that's something actually you know, we, we probably should talk about the running game. The running game hasn't been great through two games. Overall. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it. It was solid. I'll give it a game. B minus at the moment. Like, I'm not ready to go and say yeah. we're to see unacceptable territory. But the thing is, the teams right now, every team that's going to play us is going to try to take the running game away from us. Like, no matter what. 100%. You've seen us play, like, last year, besides, honestly, Miami, we played Miami and we played Houston, where we might have threw for over 200 yards, right, last year. So, um, and then when Ben played, Ben played, I think we might have had 200 yards for sure against Memphis. But all of the other games, if it went for the run game and the defense, people weren't scared. I mean, at all. It was like, pass, please pass against me, you know? Um, so I think everybody comes in, no matter who they play, they could play me and our friends. We're going to try to be like, hey, <laughs> we're, we're stopping the run. We're, we're stopping the run, right? <laughs> to get that. We're stopping the run. So, um, I don't. But, th I think it's going to be hard to tread all year, and they'll get a groove. But I think Army Army was a real good defense, and they 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 knew they couldn't let us run. And then once we started imposing our will in the second half, because like Dokes, I want to say he started off with five carries and like two yards, and he, he only had 10, 10 carries. But in the second half, I mean, I think he had like twenty some yards plus the big catch. And then even the other guys started to pick it up in the second half because his numbers looked Probably crazy on the run. Like 30 yards in the second half. Yeah. Ford had something like 30 yards in the second so they, half. So they no. all started getting tread in the second half, you know, but it was like that first half, they were shooting the gaps, freaking punching us in the mouth. But we, the pass game was open. Like it was just open. Like if, if Dez hits those shots, they started getting, if he hits those shots, I feel like they would have ran the ball better in the, in the first half because they would have had to back up. But him missing the shots, they're like, you know what? We're going to keep sending these guys because we can't – we're not better than them. So, like, it's kind of like if I know you can beat me up, I'm going for the haymaker and try to punch you in the mouth. And then hopefully you don't get that – you know, hopefully you don't keep jabbing me and, you know, hit me with an uppercut knock me out, you know. So, I think that analogy works. No, yeah. that's, that, that is a good analogy, and I definitely I, – I know that Army was doing everything in their power to stop the run game. It just seems, you know, even against Austin P, that's a team that you should be able to physically dominate, and our yards per carry were not incredibly impressive against that team. It doesn't seem like we've opened up a ton of room for our running backs thus far. I will say, I think it's going to be hard to keep Jerome Ford off the field. I think he's going to continue to warrant more and more carries, more touches. Um, he's got a different level of explosion, in my opinion, from uh, from Dokes in particular. However, that said, Dokes has been incredible even in receiving thus far. The wheel route fails no one. Yeah. Yeah, Dokes, man. I mean, they have a good, talented group, honestly. I think it's just going to be – it's going to be everybody all year. Because I think, like, yeah. Dokes, what he does in the passing game, I don't think anybody else really provides his blocking. Like, when it's pass blocking – it's like he stonewalled a guy coming through the blitz. And it True. Was like, it was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like stuff reminiscent, like that. Reminiscent want, of Edger and James. I want, I want you to take your comment back about the Bearcats not rushing against Austin P. We had 276 rushing yards against Austin P. Well, what was our yards per carry? 6. I think 7. it was pretty good. 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty right. good. It was just like everybody was like getting like nobody had like over nine carries. I think <laughs> it was like crazy. Uh, okay, all right. You fact check me. Maybe I was all yeah. right. I I did misspeak there. I was probably thinking more that Dokes in particular was not getting a lot of momentum going on the ground against Austin P, which he didn't. Right? He had ten yeah, carries yeah. for twenty yards in that game. Yeah. Forward average four yards per carry, but there were other guys. Ritter got off. Bryant got off. All right, Hummer. A lot of that is driven by garbage time runs. So to be fair, well, they did a solid I'll... job on us in the first half. I'm just saying it has not been the running game thus far that I was accustomed to under Turner. I'm not saying it can't get there. I'm saying that we're not imposing our will on the run game so, so far, or at least against Army. I'm not even gonna. I shouldn't have brought up Austin P because that game does not matter. It was against Austin P. Junior team. High. <laughs> um, Austin but against uh, Army, like, we struggled. Army, we struggled, but we knew they had a good defense coming in. We knew yeah. that this is a good defensive team we're playing. And honestly, though, what I'm wanting to see more is you mentioned that wheel route. I love seeing running backs get involved with the passing game. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them throwing the ball more to Dux. That seems to be where he thrives, almost more in that like Alvin Kamara-like type of receiving role. He definitely does. Thrive. Short passes, get him out into open space, let him make a move on someone, let him get those yards after, you know, yards after first contact. And then you have the two guys, Jerome Ford and McClellan, seem to be the bulldozers. They seem to be the guys that are good at just bulldozing their way through the line. Well, Mc, I thought McClellan was more of like a speed back. Am I wrong yeah. about that? I thought McClellan was look, a little I'm just smaller. At what I saw it during the game. They were, they were, those were the guys they seemed to just be getting the, the, the yards per touch. They were yeah. pounding I, it through the line. They were getting some momentum. I think Dokes actually is more of a power back, but he mm-hmm. has shown the ability to be in the receiving game. And I think that goes back to our earlier conversation with how Ritter struggled throwing the ball. They are going to, to use the running backs a ton in the passing mm-hmm. game. You're going to see a ton of tight end. You're going to see a ton of running backs. And then uh, hopefully they can break open with, with Young here and there. Because Young Young blew me away, honestly. Like, if I was going to pick a player of the game for the Bearcats, he was the most impressive player on the field for us in that game, in my opinion. Yeah, he was good, real good. I mean, because, like, in the first week, it was just it was the tight ends. Right, mm-hmm. and then you know, running back to a little did their thing for sure, but uh, you know, you know, it's a revamped group, and you didn't know when they were going to show their head. Like, all right, we are good. And everybody said, like, hey, we got some some guys to make some plays. You know, people haven't really been able to see them because of COVID, and boom, you know, it jumped off the page. A lot of them, you know, Jason Jackson had a down year last year after having a real good freshman year. And he comes back and he shows like, hey, I'm still a baller, you know, and, yeah. you know, Trey, Tur- you know, Trey Tucker, he's a guy that's going to be a factor, even if he doesn't so get that many catches. Fast. So, so fast. fast. He's like, as soon as he touches the ball, anytime he touches the ball in space, you feel like, man, he might go to the house like every time and he might get two yards. But you just I feel like he's that person that puts fear in defense. And then if they start being able to get him on like some screens and quick slants like it's going to be crazy and that that'll fit into Ritter's wheelhouse and hopefully he can start hitting those deep balls a little bit better too but uh they, I mean they got talent man Jaden Thompson is real good I mean he, oh, he yeah. did our, he's solid I mean he's going to be real good and he's only a true freshman and then Alec, Alec is still hurt yes no the team the, the talent level on the Bearcats has moved up a level from what it has in the past oh yeah like, this is a team that has athletes yes. on it this is a team that uh this is a team. I'm doing that. Thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Bearcats, look, they're a talented group. Fickle's recruiting is is popping on the screen now. When you watch the TV, you hear about all the recruiting. You hear about the numbers going up. You hear about the stars going up. 
this team on the field shows it. They look like yeah. better athletes. I'm not saying that they look like, you know, a top five program athletes, but they yeah. do look like a program now that can compete consistently with power five type programs. For sure. Well, well sure. here's, here's what we learned, I think, from week one. We learned the personnel player groups that we're going to see when we're, when we're in tight ball games. You know, first game, Austin P. I I think we saw 10 different people running the ball. This game, we saw, we saw, I think, four, not including Desmond Ritter. Now, you know, we saw four, we only saw four, four running backs touching the ball. Um, we didn't do a whole lot of fancy stuff getting receivers involved with the run game, but we also saw a nice rounded out receiving core. We saw 10, 10 guys catching balls on the receiving end, which is nice that you know that Ritter can put the ball into a bunch of different players' hands. We're not going to be hamstrung just by looking at one player, one kind of superstar wide receiver. We're going to be able to spread the ball around. Uh, I think we, we got a, a good glimpse of what we're going to see from, from personnel, where, where we're going to be leaning towards and what players we're going to be putting the, the, you know, the ball into their hands. And I think Michael Young is going to be that player who's going to be that kind of that breakout, the stud. He's going to be the – man, he just looked good. Yeah, he <laughs> did. He did, man. I think at one point I was telling Kimmer, like, uh, is this guy going to the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> hey, more games like – he gets more tape like this to show people. Yep, <laughs> got absolutely. a good chance. Well, that's we've probably talked about um, at length as much as we need to this this matchup against Army. The Bearcats, we I see, did come in at 15 in the polls this week, so they took actually another drop. You can you can nobody uh, taking drops. <laughs> well, because there's there's conferences that are coming back into play. So you you insert Ohio State into the top 10, you insert Penn State, and then yeah. Mississippi State got a massive victory against uh, LSU. Mike Leach, by the way taking his style of play to the, to the SEC and instantly his quarterback sets a passing record for in SEC history, which is just amazing what he can do. So, you know, it's, I, I wouldn't get too caught up in it because the Bearcats are going to have all the opportunities in the world to be where they need to be by the end of yeah. the season. If they just keep winning games. For sure. I'm getting caught up in it. You know why? Because Ohio state at number six, we have two more victories in them. One more victory over a ranked opponent than them. They need to show Cincinnati some respect in these polls. All right. I want to see Bearcat Twitter get fired up over this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I need, I need to see Ohio state's tape against Austin P before I know whether or not they're, they're a better program than us. Uh, I need to see it. I mean, who's got the better, who's got the better QB fields or Ritter? I'm not sure. Well, Hey, I'm going to, uh, we'll probably wrap it up then. I do want to ask both of you, to, to each provide some sort of recommendation for what you're watching outside of sports this week. I know JT, you're watching a ton of NBA ball right now. We're all watching college, yep. college football, NFL's back, but culture wise, be it a TV show movie. What are you recommending this week? This week? Oh man, that's a tough question. You got me on this one. Hummer, you got anything? Let, let's filibuster for JT. I don't have all anything. Right. Anything. I want to say go over to YouTube, check out, you know, Tari Eason's tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out the Bearcats recruiting tapes. No, in all seriousness, I watched uh, Ford versus Ferrari last night and then uh, Midway this morning after some cleaning before the football games got started. Uh, both, I highly recommend watching Ford versus Ferrari. Um, it is a fantastic movie. Um, probably one of the better movies I think I've watched this year. Uh, just basically about the story of, of Ford building a, a car to compete with Ferrari in the 24-hour Le Mans. Uh, the politicking that goes behind the big corporate doors, uh, but it was one of um, why well, can't I think of his name? 
Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I was about to be like the opposite of Brad Pitt. <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, one, of, one of the better roles for him as, as he's starting to kind of like age and get into that like, I don't know, that Harrison Ford-esque period of your career. Um, older Harrison Ford period of, of your career. I think he's starting to do a really good job. Um, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd give it a solid four out of five. And JT, I'll say this for you. That's a good recommendation, Hummer. I've actually seen it, saw it in theaters. Great experience. I co-signed that recommendation. Okay. This could just be a recommendation. You could have seen it before. It may not be something you're right. watching right now. Right. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little more time here. What I'm going to recommend is right. uh, I'm, I'm actually currently watching it, loving it. Is Cobra Kai the series? Oh, Camp so, and Netflix. Ah, I burned that um, out. I burned out. I'm already done. You're already done. I finished that too, man. It's so I had not done. seen this. It's the the <laughs> Me, series Marquita, sequel. Everybody. Oh God, it's so good. Perfectly. It's, I mean, it's it feels like it was shot in the '80s. And the it way intertwined. They talk, and it intertwined. So good. Uh, it's like and it's 30 minutes, so it's like you can watch. So you take two hours of your day. Oh yeah. Off top, you I mean you got four in. Yo. So then you're burnt in, so then you're locked in, like, damn, let me get another one. It's like, it, it's like you know, vid visual drugs. If you like the original Karate Kid, you're going to love Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't like to watch two middle-aged men hold okay. grudges about their, their high school years. karate 35 years later? 30 freaking Still years. Still beefing. I love it. I know. Like, and they bring up, like, see, old stuff. Who just love to see a tiny little community, well, you know, a, com a community just fighting it out all over the streets yeah karate karate that's supposed to be like supposed to be for non-fighting everybody's fighting every episode it's crazy right yeah, well, uh, how how deep are you in this though so now I that's why I'm, I'm about yeah. four episodes in a season two right now so I, okay. i've got i've got about more a little more than halfway of season two okay so you see seen crease then you've seen the reappearance of crease then right? yes just shocking okay. he could barely move i mean yeah. the, guy, the way they're putting him on camera is they're trying to hide the fact that he's basically a skeleton at this point <laughs> um wild honestly just a wild show, show the, act, the acting is is so good in air quotes mm -hmm. um <laughs> Just really, really great stuff. Really yeah, that, great stuff. that show is great. I love that show, man. Man, so yeah, I, I, I burnt out. Like the whole family watched the show. Like <laughs> nobody awesome. turns it off. It's great. <laughs> Damn, I'm trying to think of one. Like that Cobra Kai is definitely one. I, I probably will rewatch it. I like it that much. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that one has some rewatchability. It, it definitely. And the like, good news is, I actually hear that they've actually already wrapped up shooting a season four for it. So oh so oh nice so we got yeah, two more seasons yeah we got at least two more seasons nice <laughs> I love it nice. I think they're actually I think they shot season three I heard in Okinawa in Japan so they're really? they're, they're taking the show to Japan which makes oh. me wonder where season you two gotta, ended you got to get now the I, violence away from Riverside California wherever hang on hang on yeah. spoiler alert man I didn't know I didn't know violence had broken out it's it's karate it's all they doing is fighting they fight all the time. Like, like Johnny Lawrence is going and abusing car dealers, dealer people. Oh, Johnny Lawrence, what a hero! <laughs> By the way, so hey, who's you, the bad guy now? You had you had a son old enough to watch this show. The way he's insulting his students and like the the oh, bars yeah. he's thrown out of them—that is so not something that you would usually no. see in a 2020 TV show. No. It's amazing. It's great, and it's like like he, he's like dog in the internet like he's like what is this i have this smartphone <laughs> like, <laughs> like like oh i'm on this app <laughs> like it's so funny man he's like a dinosaur but it's the girl you like the best put this in the internet 
Yeah, put it on the internet. I think you said in the internet. In, yeah, in it. Yeah, in it. Like, like it's the microwave. The it's the microwave or something. But uh, it's great, man. Like, but who's the bad guy now? Like, who's the person that you like? like whose side are you on now? Like, uh, me. Yeah. Me personally, I'm on I'm on the side of of Johnny Lawrence. On in this show so far, so far. I'm Team Johnny Lawrence. Although okay. Crease makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Um, I got to see, you know, he, he's returning. He's clearly manipulating Johnny behind the oh, scenes. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid of where it's going in season two, but yeah, I'm still catch right up, now. I'm still Team Johnny Lawrence at this point. I like Johnny, but Crease messed like Crease, man. Crease is, Crease is I could tell he's he's ruining he's it all. Cause you already saw when he gave him his second place trophy, right? Oh, I don't. I haven't seen this. No. I've, oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, it's, not a, it's, it's not that. It's not that. It's not that big of a spoiler alert. Cause uh, come on, you, you yeah. gotta see where it's going. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what Crease is about to do. Crease is about to do Crease stuff. Like oh, I know. I know. I won't I give you anything it. else. I won't give I you can anything feel else. it. I feel What's it in crazy? the bones. Once you finish the once you finish Cobra Kai, this will become a low key Cobra Kai podcast. Dedicated <laughs> yeah, ten minutes of discussing fan theories on Cobra Kai. <laughs> All right, so I, I have I do have something to watch that like you can watch though. Now. All right, All right so I was I burnt out on Cobra Kai so fast that I was like I'm not not watching anymore because I'm done, you know. But um, the Banker, watch the movie The Banker. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't even heard of it. Sweet. All right, so this movie. All right, it's older, well, I think it's based out of the 60s, black guy, um, lived in, born in Texas, you know, was super crazy back then. He moves to, he's like, man, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something in real estate. Everybody's laughing at him. He moves to California, tricks all these people, gets a lot of money, and buys, like, all these buildings. So he tries to get a, a loan from a bank. They don't give it to him. He knows somebody, lets them come in there, and he buys it with him like he knows all these numbers so the guy's shooting these numbers low balls the deal buys it so he's like him and his other guys a millionaire they have a guy uh, a white gentleman that's the face of the of their brand so the guy goes in there and teaches them all these numbers so he's spitting all these numbers getting all these deals they own like a million properties so he goes back home where he black people can't own anything and he tricks them again and buys it buys this bank so everybody's freaking pissed and then um they they do another one and then they're the face of the company kind of messes up his wife gets in his ear like why are you doing this blah 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 and kind of he lowballs him but then he doesn't notice stuff because he teaches them but he 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 they both had good game the other guy knew all the ins and outs he didn't his wife kind of talked him into his head messed it up long story short it's it's a good it's a real good movie like it's super good Everybody end up ends up winning at the end, and it changes laws and stuff. But it's so, like on based on a true story. Based on a true story, kind of a little bit Great of a cast. Yeah, Great I'm looking. Cast. It came out this Anthony, year. Anthony Mackie uh, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yep, yep. Where can you watch Man, that? That's one badass mother. What? Yep. I know, right? <laughs> that's how I talk. No, but uh, um, give it. Uh, <laughs> it was on Apple um, TV. Apple TV. Okay. Yep, I watched on right. Apple TV. I don't know where else is on, but I got like my subscription to Apple TV. For a year, because I got. I know. I'm just thinking, like, how many months do I have left on that? Do I still? I think I got like six. I think I got like six. I think I got like six left. Yeah, because I got it in March or April, so six or seven. Because I got to cut it off. That's awesome. (laughs) When my free stuff is off. Yeah, I'm like, I got too many TV subscriptions in my pocket. I know. Right now, it's supposed to save you money, but it doesn't. At the end of the day, he's like, okay. They need they to start merging or acquiring each other. It's it's too much at this point. Yeah, they got to do like how 
the um the Disney Plus package is for people. For the like ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus, Disney and, Plus. Yeah. And it was the other one's like three things, Mac. Is it Hulu with it too or something like that? Yes, Hulu TV as well. So it's yeah. three things for twelve bucks. They gotta start doing that otherwise. People I agree. Hulu I TV did. is awesome. I don't I don't I don't use cable. I use Hulu TV. Really? See, um, I almost went to Hulu TV, but then like I called my cable company and they locked me in for two years. So I was like, all right, I'm cool so, enough. Uh unethical life 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 <laughs> tip here. Uh, if you're on Hulu TV uh, and you want to watch local blacked out sporting events, you can download a program on your computer uh, for like a VPN client. Yeah. And you can put your VPN out of New York, and then you can watch all the out of market, all the in market games on Blacked Out. Nice. That's what I do. You gotta have VPN. You gotta have that's VPN. Tight. That's pretty tight. I just got like a site like that's unethical real... life tip. I have a <laughs> sketchy site that it that works for me when I can't get stuff I want to see for sports. So I'm like, oh, you don't want to. Like, yeah, you had that problem again. Well, actually, what we did this past weekend, uh, or we've done this in the past. Uh, I'll actually use Zoom, and I will stream they always share my screen on zoom since i live in philly nice. i get all the out-of-market games nice <laughs> nice you guys nice. just let me know what you want then i'll set that up and Bet. you guys can just watch my zoom <laughs> legit just make sure the camera's not moving and stuff don't, oh, give, no, us yeah. life, don't, give, don't give us bootleg vibes professional <laughs> we've only no done that one time we did that one time in st thomas <laughs> dude your st thomas footage was incredible but still somehow better than flow hoops oh uh, yeah flow hoops is like it was like, was that like a dial-up internet they had? It was crazy. Oh, Everything so buffered. Their, their, set, their, setup there, <laughs> their setup there was like weird too. Like the whole the whole tournament itself was kind of like. Uh, Did like, that tournament get financed? Like it was just like, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like everybody had. I feel like everybody had to just get there like on a regular plane. Like oh, it was the fire. <laughs> It was fire festival for Wait, basketball. Had, yes, had, that's what it was. The team on the other side, like the team was on the other side of the island, and then like they had, <laughs> like it was weird because we're like we didn't even originally go down there for the tournament. It was just like all of a sudden I'm putting two to two together. We had a vacation plan with my in-laws. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, they keep saying St. Thomas, like they're playing Illinois State in St. Thomas, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> and my wife is just like, you could see her face, just like. Frown up. It's like you gotta be kidding me. Yeah, like really. But we ended up like yeah, we ended up running into like we ended up staying in the hotel where they had put up all the boosters at. (laughs) Uh so like we ended up like meeting a bunch of people from Cincinnati. It was a good time. I did get to go to a couple of the games, but it was like I tried to go and buy tickets and it was a hard it was a hard time just trying to buy tickets. Like really? Can I just give my cash? I just want to what's one ticket? How? Like why? it was like 10 people there. Because Firefest. Because yeah, that, that, that was that was like one of the weirdest tournaments ever. That was last year, not not the this year, but the year before, right? That last was match, match season, yeah. Okay. That was Mick Cronin's parting gift to our program. It this was. year, <laughs> they actually they actually announced it. I think it's official. We're going to be playing our first game. I think it's the day after Thanksgiving, the twenty fifth. It's going to be in Orlando, Florida. The pre NIT is moving to the ESPN bubble, mm-hmm. um, where they're where they're playing the NBA games. They're going to be hosting, I think four or five tournaments down there in the bubble. Cincinnati's is one of them, uh, which is fantastic. It's going to be a weird start to, to the basketball season. You yeah. have a fun time editing this to make sure now we're talking some basketball. Bearcats are oh, going straight into the season. They're going straight into the season. Like, there's going to be no cupcakes. There's going to be no fluff to the season. Nope. It's going to be going straight into playing with Arizona State in this one. St. John's, I think, is in this tournament. You're going to get, like, you're going to get real teams that you have to play, and – I'm really interested to see see how the, I think it's going to play to the Bearcats' strengths. I'm all for it, man. 
I'm, we don't need to play freaking JoJo State. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's play some ballers. Because, like, man, that's even if you lose, that's what recruits want, man. Like, you don't want to be like, man, I played, I know. I played over. Played Come to Johnny, UC, East Presbyterian Johnny, Baptist Diocese. Let's play Johnny Lawrence's Cobra Kai <laughs> basketball team. Like, yeah. like, why? I don't want to play them. I like the show, but I don't want to play them, you know? Well, we were, we were, you could basically say that, well, you could come to UC and you could play the kids that you saw on the Zion Williamson mixtapes from high school. We play them. We might. We really do. Like that, remember, you see that one, that one that they had, they always showed him, like the little kid comes in and like he tries to bully Zion and Zion yeah. just takes him to the post and he fouls him. Side at him, like, what the hell? I love it. He's looking at like swatting kid. I feel like, like it's a fly on his that oh, was great enormous all right boys i'm gonna i'm gonna shut right. this down i got my kids outside on a projector i gotta go break it down. All right. ending all right next uh, week, next week right. We'll, we'll start doing some some basketball breakdowns because we're gonna we're gonna, be, bring, we're gonna beat the crap out of south florida there's not gonna be a whole lot to talk about except how awesome we were yeah yeah, yeah so we're gonna be hitting a deep ball it's gonna be great like I'm telling quick, quick be, hitter like, though we do need to make our ball. predictions for for score of that game and whether we cover uh, looking at it now, the line on ESPN is showing us 21 and a half. We're favored. Uh, Ryan Hummer, what is the final score of the Cincinnati USF game? I'm not going to give you a final score. I'm just going to say we're going to cover. Covering 21 and a half? Yeah. JT? We're just saying yes or no to cover. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. I don't even know, man. I'm telling you, they won't cover because I'm going to say they are going to cover. That's how I feel. But all right, they're only giving up 14 points. And they're going to score over 40. And they're going to give up one touchdown in garbage time minutes when the young guys are playing. So they're going to dominate this team. So you've got an easy cover. I like it. They're going to dominate this team. Everybody's going to get yards. Don't, don't jinx them. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going, to be, it's going to be a real smooth game. We'll have to worry about the option this week. US, USF's going to come up here and get stomped on. Homecoming just like weekend. last week. We are all in agreement just like last week. I also see the Bearcats covering – I am going to throw out a score because I am not a coward. <laughs> I see the final score as 42 to 17 Bearcats. Okay. I respect that. I guess I'll put one. I'll put a number on mine. Yeah. We're going to go. I'm going 45, 14, 45, 14. Yep. And Hummer will remain a coward. Gentlemen, it's been 51, a pleasure. 51, 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, we'll talk next week. Be well, everyone. Bye.